forms of life tonight. It's only part one. We're going to have to talk about this for a while. But anyway. Yes, you do. Well, you can sit up here if you want. Hey, i got to ask you a question I keep forgetting to ask you. Did you leave this up or did you lower it again? Oh, I lowered it an inch. Let me see. You did? Yeah. It's okay. No, it looks okay. It yeah. looks okay. Yeah. I was just wondering if you liked it up or not. So it was way up here. It was like this. I had, you know. <laughs> it was not. But it is kind of higher. Okay, good. It is still higher. Yeah, yeah it's all right. I keep forgetting to ask him because we raised it up a little. Because I feel like I'm, I keep pushing stuff up like this trying to see it. And oh, no, I have to do that. You do? Well, you put it all right. Okay. Um. I think it was Sunday this scripture came to me out of Isaiah 59. I know I was going to write scriptures down and actually put them up there, but that didn't happen. So y'all going to have to open your phones or your Bibles or something. But I want to read this tonight because we're talking about overcoming the storms of life. And the Lord had put this scripture on my heart. Anybody ever feel like you're like just flooded, flooded with stuff? <sighs> I kind of feel that way today, to be honest. I thought, I don't think I'm going to answer the phone on Wednesday. No. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but, you know, sometimes just, I thought, well, Lord, I've just experienced it today. So a good thing I'm teaching on this tonight. But it says, you know, you just feel like a flood. And, um, but Isaiah chapter 59, huh? oh, I thought somebody said something. Isaiah 59, verse 19. B, the second part, says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight. For he will come like a rushing stream which the breath of the Lord drives. And as to me, so coming out, I was just thinking about it on Sunday. I can't remember why exactly. It just kind of came to me that, you know, sometimes it just seems like life is just so flooding. It's just you know, you can't, I think, could, you know, it's like last weekend. I said, could we just do, have to do one thing on the weekend, not four, you know? I mean, I mean, that didn't count in church, you know, just, could we just do one thing, handle one thing, you know? And um, I, so I guess maybe that was kind of in that mindset maybe. And But the good news is that when the enemy does come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard, a banner, a flag against him. And I read a thing that said that when that banner in, the, in, in war is raised, it rallies all the troops to that point. And I just believe that when the enemy's coming in on us, that it just raises up, the Lord raises up his banner, the flag, rallying all of heaven to come to our aid. He's for us. He's not against us. In the New Life version, it says it like this. It says, when the one who hates us comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a wall against him. I liked that one. I never had read that version. But when you, when you go to BibleGateway.com or Bible Gateway on your little phone, you know, you can get it, the, that, the verse in all the English translations. You know, so I look through and see which ones I like. And I love that. I love to picture that. Don't you like to picture what God's doing when the enemy has come in and you're feeling just kind of overwhelmed or trying to get your head above the water? And you can just say, well, this might be happening, but, boy, God has put up a wall against him. Or God's raised up the standard and all of heaven is coming to deliver and to help me up out of this. Because you know what? Storms come. Sometime in our life, they come. Things happen. 
Um, every person faces storms in the form of situations or circumstances or obstacles or problems or difficulties. They just come, and they can come for different reasons, you know. But they come to take us off of the course that God has for us, the course that God would have us run. They come to deter us, to distract us, to literally keep us from being all that God wants us to be. They come to keep us from having all that God wants us to have, to try to get us to give up or to give up, get us from doing all of what God wants us to do. That's why storms come. He brings those obstacles, those difficulties, those situations, those circumstances, and they come and he just tries to get us pulled off. And then he just starts stacking them up. But you know what? A flood isn't just a trickle. It's overwhelming. It just comes in and it's it's. It's pushing, and there's power, and it's coming against. You know, I have, have any of you here ever been flooded? I know Rose and Sean have, and they've, they've lived in Austin, and their home was flooded more than once. They lived in the Onion Creek area. Now, I've never experienced that, but I'm telling you what, it's coming. And unless somebody raises up a wall against it, it's coming your way, you know. But when it's coming, God raises up. I like the word to look at it because... I can see what God's doing, and it helps my faith, and it helps me to believe, and it helps me to agree with it and say, you know what, this might be happening. God, I thank you. You're raising up this wall against the enemy. Yeah. You're, doing, you're raising up this standard, and heaven's coming. It's not just up to me to stand, to do all I know, but heaven has come to put us over. Um, you know, sometimes storms are from the devil. Sometimes they are. Sometimes their storms come related to what other people do. Problems that they're going through affect us by our association with them. Storms can happen for that reason. And sometimes we can create our own storms by our own mistakes. We do make mistakes, and sometimes we get circumstances and storms and things happening because of things that we do. But you know what? The storms of life do not make or break us. They don't have to. Let me put it that way. Because it's the Word of God working in our life that will make us victorious. It's God in us and what He's put in us that will make us victorious over the storms that the enemy sends or things that we do or that others do. God's given us the power to overcome the storms of life. I want to look at Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. I got all my little tabby things marked here. So maybe I'll find them quicker. Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. God's given us the power. It says in Romans 8, 35 in the Passion, it says, Who could ever separate us from the love of God? It says the endless love of God anointed one you know to me when the storms come that's one of the first things the enemy will say well god doesn't love you if he loved you what this wouldn't be happening or maybe you don't think that at first then it goes on for a while and then you go oh god are you listening what are you doing up there you know 
But who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions and deprivations, dangers and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Even though it is written all day long, we face death threats for your sake, God. We're considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. But yet, even in the midst of all of these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. He's demonstrated, and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Isn't that awesome? His demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. He has made us to be more than conquerors. Verse 38. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. And I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, over life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There's nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us. No power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus. He loves us, and he cares for us. And those troubles aren't separating us from him. He's coming through the midst of it, making us more than conquerors and giving us everything that we need. To overcome, Paul is declaring that in any circumstance, we have the power to overcome. I want to read you a little footnote on verse 37. I'll read you the, the verse again. It says, Yet, even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all, for God has made us to be more than conquerors, and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. And this verse says, is, it says it's clearly implied in the text with the Greek word, I'll try to say it, hupernikeo, that word used in that verse. It says that the love of God gives us a glorious hyper victory. Isn't that exciting? You have been given a glorious hyper victory. And let me just say, that goes past your emotions. That goes past what, you're, what you think, what you see. You have to look at God's word and see what he has said about you and say, that's mine. Despite what it looks like, despite what it feels like, that is mine. God, you've given me a glorious hyper victory. And it goes on to say, more than can be described or contained in one word. God's love and grace has made us hyper conquerors, empowered to be unrivaled, more than a match for any foe. You need to see yourself that way. Because that's what he says. You are more than a match for any foe. And you may say, well, I don't have a foe, but my kids do. Well, I tell you what, you're standing in the gap. The Bible says that he will deliver those for whom you intercede. 
So it's win-win with God. Everything that he's given us, he's given it for his glory. But to put us over and to bring our families through, you and your whole household saved. God cares about everything about you. Everything you care about, he cares about. And he's going to bring us over. I tell you, over everything. We, I love that. I'm going to look at that. We are hyper conquerors. You know, say, I'm hyper. Yeah, I'm hyper. I'm a hyper conqueror. You know, it's okay to be hyper. We don't have to take a pill for that. You're a hyper conqueror. I love that. We are empowered to be unrivaled. More than a match for any foe. More than a match for any foe. I love that. That is so good. I want to look at what Paul also said in Philippians chapter 4. Familiar verse. I'll read it out of the Passion first. Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. I'll read it in the Passion first and then the Amplified. And this is what Paul said. Because, see, life isn't always even. It's not always perfect. But he says, I know what it means to lack. And I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things. Whether in fullness or in hunger, I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. In the footnote it says to master all things. Do you know that's how God wants you to see yourself? That God's explosive power is infused into you to bring, help you to conquer every difficulty, to bring you over. We see ourselves barely getting by. I don't know. I don't think I can make it. I don't know. You know, this is pretty hard, God. How is this going to happen? You need to read what he says. You need to write it down and you need to say, that's what he's done in me. And I don't know how he's going to do it, but that's what he's put in me. You've got explosive power in me. i got the hyper victory in me. I am unrivaled through Christ. That's who's in me. And no matter what comes against me, God is taking care of this. He's given me everything I need. In the Amplified, it says it like this. I know how to be abased. And live humbly in straightened circumstances. And I know how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I've learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having a sufficiency and enough to spare, or going without and being in want. Verse 13, I have strength. This is what he learned. This is what Paul said. I've been in all these circumstances and more. But he said, this is what I've learned. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything. I'm equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. We're going to talk about some things tonight. We're just starting this and, and, and beginning this in the word and just building you and telling you what God's done in you. Who he is in you and what he's put in you. Because the enemy wants to make you think you ain't going to make it and you can't get by and this isn't going to happen. But it's a lie. It's a lie. And you got to know what God says. 
and agree with it. So we're going to talk about some more things. You know, Paul was saying circumstances don't dictate my life. What dominates me is what God has done in me and what he's yet doing for me. That's what dominates me. You know, they had difficulties. They were beaten. Their lives were threatened. I mean, it wasn't like just, oh, I had a flat today. I mean, you know what I mean? And yet, look at what he says. And what are these things written down to instruct us? So when our flat tires and our things happen, and I know there's a whole lot more serious things going on with people in this room and others, and some life-threatening. So it, But we've got to get in us from here to here what God has done and is doing what he's... But we have explosive power. And I tell you what, don't you just want to blow up the devil with it? We've been given explosive power. You know how you blow up the devil? You speak what God has said. You agree with what he said. And you said, no, you're not. No, you're not going to do that to me. No, you're not going to do that to my family. No, you're not going to do that to my family. This is what God says, and this is what God's done. You know, but the enemy wants you to think you're powerless. David said in Psalm chapter 4, verse 6, in the Passion Translation, he said, Now because of you, Lord, I will lie down in peace, and sleep comes at once. For no matter what happens, I will live unafraid. I read that, I think, maybe a few weeks ago in the the offering message. But I've just really meditated on that scripture. He starts out saying, now because of you, Lord. He didn't say because of myself, because of anything I can do, because I'm king, because I'm this or that, because I'm powerful, because I have authority. No, he said, because of you, Lord, because of you. I'm going to lie down in peace and it's going to come at once because no matter what happens, I'm going to live unafraid. And that has just stood out to me. And I kind of wrote it at the top of that page and I wrote it at the bottom of that page and I've thought about it. And I've said it to myself because I don't know if you all realize, but I know in my own life, fear tries to come and come and come. And I realize if I'm not careful, I, I will be living in fear. And not afraid here like, oh, I'm afraid of this or that. It can affect us in very subtle ways. Um, It affects our attitude. You know, we might not be thinking about being afraid of something, but it might come in the form of worry. It might come in the form of this or that. But we've got to take a stand that because of the Lord we're going to live unafraid. And so I tell myself that because see how I can tell it's working in me when fear gets to going in me. I can begin to feel a little agitated on the inside. And if I'm not careful, then the agitation comes on out. Look out, Alan. So I know that's hard to believe, but I'm just saying, you know, people, when people get angry about stuff, you think, well, they just got a real problem with anger. They probably have a problem with fear. A lot of times, if I get mad about something or upset about something or take it out on out, a lot of times, you know what the root is? I'm afraid about something. Yes. And I don't really recognize it. And I don't recognize that it's gnawing up behind me. And I haven't dealt with it in the spirit realm or through prayer or letting God have it. And so now, but through this scripture, God's helping me to recognize fear is trying to come in. Fear is trying to influence. You know, from anything to, so simple. And I don't know, maybe you all don't do this in life, but I'll tell you about myself so that in case some of you do, you go, oh, yeah, I'll do that too. And you go, oh, that's what you should do for that. 
you know, for just being late. I had to pick up, we pick up our granddaughter every day and um, had to get her from the school, had to park here, get her out, go take her to the orthodontist, had to be in that parking lot at a certain time. And I was right there at that certain time, you know. And I, so, but I can feel that I'm starting to get nervous. You know, oh, am I going to make it? Because Sally says, you're going to make it because they're going to block this off. Oh, Jesus, why did I leave 40 hours ago, you know, or something like that, you know. But when I begin to feel that anxiety or that anxiousness, I just begin to trust. I just shifted over into trusting. I said, I will live my life unafraid. Yes. And I just say it to exhort y'all that when the enemy comes, maybe he didn't do y'all that way. Maybe y'all are just in perfect peace all the time. But, you know, uh that is like, that is just, you know, that from a little girl, the enemy has attacked me with fear from nightmares to everything. It's just been, uh, it's just been an ongoing uh, thing that the enemy and I go at it, you know. I've been delivered. I'm kept in perfect peace. It's my mind stayed on him, but he tries to pull us off on stuff, and it'll just be subtle. But, but I've taken this scripture, and so when I begin to feel that, I just say, nope, I will live unafraid. And that's the way I'm pushing that thing back. And that hyper conqueror is coming up out of me. And I'm not doing like I'm not ranting and raving. I'm just taking a stand. No, I'm going to live unafraid. Father, I thank you. I was praying green light. Thank you, Jesus, for green lights, you know, and all the way. And you got to go through Kingsbury to get to New Braunfels unless you want to wait in that line. Thank you, Jesus, for highways that are fixed and done. But, you know, I'm just saying... You know, when I was first saved, when we were in our Bible studies and stuff, this is stuff that we learned that taught me how to let the rubber meet the road, spiritually speaking. It's how you do life as a Christian. You let that victorious power come up. You remind yourself of who you are in God because the enemy just wants to try to bury us. To get through the storms of life, you need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know uh, through what Jesus, you need to know what he's done for you at Calvary. You need to know what he did for you in the resurrection and in the sending of the Holy Spirit. And you need to know what he's doing right now at the right hand of the Father. Hebrews 7.25 says that Jesus lives to pray continually for us. That should comfort us. He's praying for us. Aren't you glad? Oh, thank you, Jesus. And Romans 8.34 says he's continually, Jesus is continually praying for our triumph. Continually praying for our triumph. I think that is so powerful. You need to see that Jesus is praying for you. I want to read you again another footnote in the Passion Translation for Romans um, 8.34. That verse, uh, it's just talking about, I'll read it to you. I'll read the verse and I'll read the footnote. It's talking about that there's no condemnation to those of us that are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 34. And, And so then he goes on to say, I mean, it's so good, man. You ever get down just reading Romans, all that he's done, and it's so spelled out. So who's left to condemn us? Not Jesus. Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, because he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he's conquered death, and he's now risen and exalted, and he's enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? And I would say this, how can you possibly think he doesn't want to heal you? How can you possibly think he doesn't want to provide for you? 
when he is continually praying for your triumph. Why do we believe those stinking devil lies? When he's doing this, I'm just reminding us. I'm reminding us. So that verse, so that that uh, footnote, it says, not only does the Holy Spirit pray for us, Jesus does, that we have two divine intercessors that are praying for us each day. Two-thirds of the Trinity are actively engaged in intercession for us, yes. the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Yes. And we see it typified or as a, as a symbolic, by the incident of Moses. Remember when Moses was interceding on the mountain for Israel's victory and one hand was held up by Aaron and the other was held up by her? Well, the hand held by Aaron, Aaron was the high priest and he was a type of Jesus, our high priest. And the other hand was held up by her. And that hand represented light, which is a metaphor for the Holy Spirit who prays with divine illumination for our good. So the Holy Spirit and Jesus are praying for us. I tell you what, we can't help but win. We can't help but go on to victory. They are praying. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are praying for us, not against us. You know, Alan talked about praying. Well, you know, if it... Don't pray if it be your will. Well, you know, when you know the will of God through the word, that's what we're talking about. There's some circumstances when you may not know the will of God in your life. Lord, should I take this job? Okay, we don't know the will of God in that. So you say, Lord, show me your will in that. If it's your will, give me that job. Or, you know, buying a house or a car or something like that. It's when you talk and you pray, Lord, what, what your perfect will for that. But when we know the will of God according to his word, we know it's his will for us to be saved. And it's his will for us to be healed because he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he went around healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He ministered deliverance and he went about healing all, healing all, everybody that came. So we know that it's his will to heal. So that's what we're talking about when we say, you don't need, you see the will of God. You know it's his will to save you. You know it's his will for you to walk in perfect peace. Because he said, my peace I give you. My peace I leave you. He said, you, your mind stayed on me. I'll keep you in constant peace. Yeah. He said he gives us joy. He gives us the fruit of the Spirit. The gifts of you. You can see his will. So that's, that's a little side kind of thing. But we know his, he wants to bring us through to be. The Bible says he always leads us in triumph. He's not trying to, oh, why don't you just stumble around a little bit? And that'll probably, that'll, you know, that'll, that'll teach you a few things. No. They're praying for us. Why do we believe this junk the devil tells us? I don't know. Because sometimes we just forget. And you know the good news. God doesn't condemn us. He told me, Kim, I don't, it's not how many times you fall. He said, will you let me help you up? You know, we fall and we go, oh, God, look what I do. And then our eyes go right into ourselves. And God's going, hello, trying to pity up here. Got something for you. Got, got good for you. Get up. Come on. And we're wallowing or wallowing. I don't know. Is it waller and wallow? I'm not sure. <laughs> waller. Can I say waller? Okay. You know what I'm saying? You always got so much for us. So much that he paid a great price to give us. And I say, I want him to get his blood's worth in my life. 
And so I fight the enemy off. When the enemy tries to take ground in my life, we're going to push him off and we're going to say, no, you're not. No, you're not. This land belongs to Jesus, not to you. And you don't get to have your way on it. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're illegal. You know, you've got to get ruthless with the enemy. If you're mammy-pammy, you You've got hyper victory in you. You've got explosive power. God has infused you with his power. You know, I tell you all, you say, oh, I can't, I'm about to lose it. And the Lord said, quit saying that. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who infuses me with strength. You wonder why we do this and that? Because we're agreeing with the enemy. Start agreeing with what God says. It's not hard. It's really easy. You're just agreeing with him. He's doing it all. He's giving you the strength and all that. You just agree with him. I'm not losing this. I'm not going under in this flood. In Isaiah, it says that those waters will not overflow you. Didn't say anyone, but they're not going to overflow you. When the fire comes, you're not going to be burned. You need to stand up and say it because it's going to feel like you're burning to a blooming crisp. It's going to feel like you're drowning and can't get up. But if you just look unto Jesus, just look unto him and say, Lord, this is what you said. I'm getting in your boat and I'm going with you. I'm going to stop for tonight. I got a lot more. But we're just going to stop because we're going to think on those things. We're going to think on what he's put in us and what he's done and what he's given us and And we're going to thank him, and we're going to meditate on it, and we're going to agree with him and let that manifest up in our life. Father, we just thank you. We just thank you. (laughs) Your words are our very life. It's how we know what you've done in us, what you're doing what you will do. It's, it's what you've accomplished on the cross in your death, your burial, your resurrection, your power and authority. You, you say you've given it to us and we're to exercise it. Father, I thank you. We are the glorious church. That's who you've made us to be. We're going to walk in everything that you've given us, Father, not by our mouth power and not by our might but by your spirit we're going to take up the armor of god and we're going to stand up and we're going to quit looking at ourselves and what our frailties and what we think we are or aren't and we're going to look unto you and we're going to look away from all that will distract and we're going to look to you and say that's who i am in you and so father we're going to look to you to show us the way And we're going to walk in, and I thank you. We will see the victory in you, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If y'all need prayer tonight, I'll pray for you.